Hey, this is Rob. Hey, this is Dan. You're listening to Remote with Rob and Dan. Today, we're talking about our top creative influences. Uh, I think we're going to go with, I don't know, five. Is it five? We're going with five I've each. Got, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, God. <clears throat> but I can cut some out. Or no, I can that's fine. Or I can talk about them quickly. Or yeah, I can whatever. combine them. Or I can, you know... <laughs> It took me a long time to come up with these because I don't really think about it all that often. It's a hard thing to, uh, I think it's harder to cull down your list than it is to create the list. Um, yeah. I think I could spit out 30 influences fairly easy, but spitting out five is actually kind of tough. I think what was hard for me was not coming up with names, but coming up with why. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why is this person an influence? And is it just an influence because I want to say they're an influence or is it an influence <laughs> because they actually have influenced me in some way? And so I told you last night, um, uh, you know, I text Daniel and we were, we were chatting just to get, I mean, we talk obviously regularly, but um, I was texting him that my son Parker is into Nirvana all of a sudden out of nowhere. Um, and uh, he, I was like, oh, well, that's kind of neat. Um, it's funny. A, a tangent on a tangent. Um, I actually walked yeah. in his room because he was making a bunch of noise. He had a guitar and it had it plugged in. He doesn't know how to play guitar, so it was just noise. Um, and I walked in and he's like watching uh, Nirvana videos and playing guitar and pretending like he's on stage. And I was like, well, I was going to tell him to be quiet, but I don't think I can. I think <laughs> I have to encourage cool. this. Yeah. So um, so he was doing that. Um, so he's super into Nirvana. And I, so I was like, man, hey, you want to watch some videos? One of my favorite performances was Drain You on MTV. Let's watch that. And he was like, okay, cool. So we watched it and we started watching videos. And I was like, man, I text Daniel and I was like, it's really hard for me to not put Nirvana or Kurt Cobain or Dave yeah. Grohl on that list of influences because holy cow, just going back and listening to it, I was like, man, they really were such a huge influence on me. Um, they're not on my list, but uh, they, but you know, um, honorable mention, I guess. You didn't put them on there? Honorable mention. I like it. No, I did not. I think, I think, uh, just noise from Parker is probably forty percent of Nirvana songs. Anyway, on guitar, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot of that got, shit was just noise. What is it on? Never, never mind. Is a uh, territorial pissings. It's just yeah. like uh, noise. And then uh, <laughs> Scentless Apprentice. I showed him that one, and I think he was just. He, so he's been super obsessed with Michael Jackson for a really long time. And, mm. um, you know, I love Michael Jackson. I love the, you know, um, the Thriller album obviously is, is you know, classic and, uh, and watching some of the stuff. I am now totally sick of it because my son obsessed over it for three years. Um, but I think it was amazing to him to listen to this highly proficient artist um, in dance and music and everything, just very proficient, very succinct and like, you know, nails it every time or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then to go to like Scentless Apprentice, I was showing him that <laughs> and watching Nirvana do it live. It's like the polar opposite. And it's just like chaos. And I think it just kind of opened his mind a little bit, uh, yeah. which I really liked. Um, well, maybe anyway. there'll be an influence of his someday. Maybe it will. All right. Who wants to, you want to kick it off or you want me to kick it off? I don't care. Um, yeah, how do you want to do it? I mean, we could. I kind of bucket mine. I don't know because creatively, um, I have these like avenues that sort of cross over, but really, they're sure. just like different stuff. I mean, we could talk about and we could go back and forth. I don't care. Um, I kind of feel like do you, I almost want to say, do you can you think you can name one of mine? Yes. 
I do. All right. If, if you think you can name one of mine, go ahead and name it, and then I'll I'll talk about that one if it's on there. Uh, Robert Smith. <laughs> that's number one. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, I figured you'd probably be able to name one. Do you have either Taylor Hawkins or Chad Smith on yours? Uh, Chad Smith is an honorable mention of just like other musical influences. There's only mm-hmm. two other ones. Um, uh, but my one of, you know, I, I put Dave Grohl. Nice. As, as one of mine. Sweet. I mean, that's and, a, it's hard for me not to put there that on mine just too. Because he's, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think about him a lot Yeah, and, uh, and that's weird to say because I don't know him. Or I don't mm-hmm. even really listen to the Foo Fighters all the time. I do sometimes, but shit, man, I've listened to that so many times that I just like, if if Everlong comes on, yeah, then I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll listen to that. But it's not like I go seek out Foo Fighters every other day. Although I, I do think Everlong, this is going to be a, this is a, an opinion. It's, I think uh, I agree with you, though. It's like the greatest rock song written. Yeah. Personally, I think. Yeah. I think it's it's for sure in like my top five, like yeah, bar none, I mean, and and I could easily see it. I could easily see making an argument for for one for number one. Yeah, it's just so so good. Yeah, and, it really uh, is. You know, I just think he's like just really great at drums, and has always made me like I've been back and forth playing drums for you know what twenty years now, and every time I hear him, he makes me want to play drums, and so I consider that pretty influential. I think uh, for me, it was uh, Dave Grohl is a hard one not to not to put on there. He's not on mine. Uh, he very easily could be. Um, but when you say you think about him a lot, I, I know what you mean, because I know that you don't mean like, <laughs> you know, oh, I think about Dave Grohl. I, I know what you mean, because like I love him. <laughs> yeah. Something I think about all the time is not to give him, you know, too much credit because it's not like he's a god, but like he's so influential in a lot of different ways. And one of my favorite quotes kind of sums up why I think about him a lot. And um, one of his quotes is, when I think about kids watching a TV show like American Idol or The Voice, uh, then they think, oh, okay, that's how you become a musician. You stand in line for eight fucking hours with eight, 800 people <laughs> at a convention center, and then you sing your heart out for someone and they tell you it's not fucking good enough. Can you imagine? It's destroying the next generation of musicians. Musicians should go to a yard sale and buy an old fucking drum set, get it in their garage and just suck. And then, and then he says, and get their friends to come and they'll suck too. And they'll all fucking start playing and they'll have the best time they've ever had. And he goes on and on and on. Um, And he's right. uh, I mean, he's totally right. I don't discount the fact. I mean, I think music competitions are stupid. Yeah. But I do think maybe maybe they find talent that wouldn't otherwise be found sometimes. Sure. But at the end of the day, it's all for entertainment value and money to be made for their show. But right. I mean, there's a lot of people that suck that mm-hmm. make a really great living out of music. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean suck like that's subjective, but like suck technically if you're <laughs> writing a book about great singing. Right. You know, it's not all about that. Right. Yeah. It's about, yeah your personality it's about your band it's about i mean kirk cobain wasn't a great singer in the, no it, he wouldn't win american idol right i think <laughs> something damn. he was he's trying to say that i just wholeheartedly agree with is just this idea that like 
get in a room with like-minded people and create art and yeah. see what happens. Don't, yeah. don't immediately start your journey, your artistic journey, trying to win some prize. And don't immediately try start your artistic journey trying to gain the, uh, what's the get, word I'm looking to for? Get yeah, like to get famous. Yeah, to get famous. Yeah, or to gain the, um, uh, not admiration, not respect. What's the word I'm looking for? The, um, <laughs> I don't know. But, but you, you know, I think that, yeah, I totally lost that one. Um, <laughs> I, uh, that's, why, that's why he would be on my list if I was putting him on my list, for yeah. sure. Why is Robert Smith on your list? Robert Smith, uh, I would assume most people don't know who that is because it's a pretty bland name. Um, but yeah. uh, Robert Smith is uh, the singer, vocalist, songwriter for uh, The Cure. Um, he's been there from day one. They obviously haven't had the same lineup from day one. They've been around since the early 80s. Um, they're still around. Uh, Robert Smith is still around, um, still writing uh, actually really good music, in my opinion. Um, and uh, some of his later albums were actually some of the better ones, in my opinion. Um, uh, the Cure was the first band that I I heard like the sonic landscape and heard someone go, you know what? I'm just going to like riff on this like progression here for the next two and a half minutes and I don't care <laughs> or <know>? seven or eight <laughs> and I liked that and it wasn't like you know it wasn't riffing from a, a perspective of like math metal um, mm -hmm. and it wasn't riffing from like a perspective of prog rock although you could say some of the cure stuff could be somewhat progressive um, mm -hmm. but in my opinion it was riffing I mean he would literally take a very melodic melancholy uh, intro or breakdown and just write it for minutes on end and mm. nothing would really change that much. And you could just mm -hmm. kind of get there and get all swept up in the, uh, you know, the, the sonic, uh, homogenous, you know, juice that he had going on. And I just really liked it. And, um, I don't know. It was one of those bands that's from the moment I listened to them until now I, they've stuck with me. Yeah. Um, it's not someone I listen to every day. Um, it's someone I listen to probably every month um, yeah. and have for, you know, 25 years, 30 years. Crap. Um, Almost 40 years. Yeah. Well, you probably didn't listen to him when you were three. No, I probably first <laughs> listened to him when I was probably eight, eight or yeah. so, um, and have been uh, enjoying them ever since. Uh, I think Disintegration, you know, it's the best album yeah, man. ever made. I think talking about the... The, the sonic landscape of of monotony sort of of what yeah. they what they do is i saw them once and um at in atlanta outside in the summertime at night and you really do like there's something about and it's not the same it's not like anybody that plays the same riff over and over again for eight minutes can pull this off they do it somehow better yeah. than everybody else and you know you it, I didn't even have to see them. I could just like, kind of like, look, it sounds super dumb, but you know, close your eyes, look <laughs> up at the stars or whatever you want to do. And it was just like kind of magical. Yeah. Um, yeah. They really take, uh, they're really okay with layers and layers and layers. And, mm -hmm. um, and it was one of those bands too, that they were not hyper electronic by any means. They played a yeah. lot of different instruments. Robert Smith played a lot of different instruments and they would layer that stuff on and they were one of those bands that was cool with like, it's not going to sound the same live and we don't care. Um, yeah. But it wasn't like we're going to run tracks live. It was just, 
it's not going to sound the same live, but it's going to be a different kind of experience live. And, yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah. Another thing I really like about them that, that I always have, um, is their music is, I mean, obviously sometimes it's kind of sad, but sometimes it's not, you know what I mean? Like, like sonically, like we're talking about, like it's, it's mm-hmm. sort of uplifting, but the lyrics are pretty uh, dismal mm-hmm. and, and yeah. melancholy. And I enjoy yeah. that, uh, that kind of, I guess you'd call it juxtaposition. Although I hate that word. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I like, I like, uh, comically dark things yeah i guess and i would i would call it that or charmingly dark charmingly dark's a good way to say it it's yeah. very it's like the epitome of goth <laughs> yeah right <laughs> you know? right flowers growing out of skull eyes yeah you know? um, um yeah i like i like that about the cure i like the cure a lot too all right number two give me give me another one of yours another one of mine um Let's continue along the lines of uh, charmingly dark. Okay. And and this isn't an obvious one, and you probably wouldn't guess this, and it doesn't come out um, in any of my artwork or or really anything, but is uh, Tim Burton. Oh, nice. And um, I think I think for one, and it's funny going back to our Batman conversation that probably isn't recorded. Um, uh, hmm. The, the first I remember of Tim Burton probably is Batman mm-hmm. and um, which isn't really all that funny. It's just kind of dark. We just but watched that like two nights ago with the boys. It's so good. But yeah. what, what I really like about him and I listed like bullet points below all these people um, is he sort of opened my mind to um, like completely unreal absurdity. Mm hmm. Um, in a dark way, but it's still funny, which mm-hmm. I, I like. Like a lot of the stuff that I like by him anyway is, uh, you know, pretty sad, but also kind of silly, like Edward Scissorhands. I mean, that whole premise is fucking ridiculous, right? And, <laughs> and, um, and he's, he's in the mainstream and, and has done it in like, not that he's the only person to ever do this, but like, I mean, totally unique yeah and and i just like have always appreciated that and i come back to his movies a lot not because like i said not because they influence my art style or or anything like that but just because i really enjoy that take on like like bloody scary stuff being kind of silly yeah he's for sure unique is such a good way obviously to describe him he's and he's I, I really like the fact that he's so unique um that you can see something and know it's from him um mm-hmm. and then but it's still like top box office still super super pop culturally yeah. re- relevant uh-huh. um so he's not just like obscure for the sake of being obscure he knows how to do it and still mm-hmm. be palatable um yeah and, and, and interesting and get his story across and all that. Mm. And so good at it. Um, what's cool about him is like one of those things where you can see something he's done, you know, it's Tim Burton. Um, and he employs, uh, someone who does the same thing with their music, which is Danny Elfman. Um, so like combined those two, like stylistically are like, you can't not know that it's them. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. And it probably will have Johnny Depp in it somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. Um, although there are those random ones that he's made that are uh, one of my favorites, actually, which isn't really dark, is Big Fish. And yeah. it's just, just fantastic, like story oh, yeah. wise, I think. Um, and you know, he sometimes he comes out of left field with things like that. Or um, I think he did the latest Dumbo movie too. Yeah, which yeah, is a little big fishy. Uh, big like fish in, is so good, and Dumbo's. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's cool to see them do different stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, even Beetlejuice. I mean, it's very yeah. stylistically. To me, Beetlejuice is like quintessential Danny yeah. Elfman, but it's not necessarily quintessential Tim Burton per se. Uh-huh. Um, and it's uh. Yeah, so good. I don't, yeah, uh, that's yeah. a good one. That's just, a solid I just, one. I just really like him. And uh, you know what's just, really cool about Tim Burton movies is I was we were watching Batman with the boys the other day, and Parker asked me when does this. He always says uh, he doesn't say when does this take place. He says when was this established. And <laughs> what he means by that is like, you know, what year, what era is this? And I was like, you know, Parker, um, this is modern, sort of. He's like, but it looks, they look like they're from a long time ago. I'm like, well, that's Tim Burton, man. He, he yeah. figures out a way to, it's, it's out of time. You know, you don't uh-huh. know where, or when it is and it doesn't really matter, but it's stylized and it takes pieces from different eras and stuff. You know, yeah. they've got very, very like 1930s, 1920s gangster, um, aesthetic, uh-huh in that movie but then at the same time they're driving cars from the 1980s so it's like when is this taking place um yeah i like that about those some you know the early batman movies where they they did kind of cross decades Mm -hmm. it was interesting yeah dick tracy's kind of like that too for me oh yeah that's a weird one (laughs) i mean that's not tim burton but that's a Uh, talking about talking about (laughs) 30s gangster gangster culture yeah yeah that was i tried to watch that with with uh henry and hugo the other day and uh elizabeth was like half on board and then like <laughs> it just starts in with the murder and i was like oh, i forgot about all the all the murder um and just the weird yeah the weirdness of that movie yeah that's little, pretty weird. the guy with the big fat head and the little face <laughs> yeah. when i was 10 i was super into all those action figures and really into that movie Oh, me and too. It, it was such a cool, like, like, uh, I mean, the idea of, of it obviously is cool, but it just worked perfectly with toys and, and, uh, like kid stuff, even though it's oh, not for a kid sure. movie. Yeah. For anyway, sure. Yeah. So Tim Burton and then also a little bit of Dick Tracy, which has nothing to do with Tim Burton at all. <laughs> well, if we go, if we're staying in lieu of that, um, I will go on to my next one, which might be kind of obvious if you know me at all. Um, you might be able to guess it. Um, talking about artistic influences, non-music. Um, Christopher Nolan? No. <laughs> um, so it's a it's a big, big old obvious one, uh, Stanley. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that makes sense. Stanley for lots of different reasons. He was a um, as I've gotten older, his influence on me has changed um, and morphed with my age. And uh, I really appreciate that about him. You know, for when I was a kid, Stan Lee was like, you know, basically the creator of comic books, even though that's not true. That's, that's who he was to me when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's been with me since I was, 
old enough to honestly to remember because I've loved comic books, um, you know, and and superheroes since I was a little kid. So Stanley was always like a name that I knew um, yeah. because he was so popular. Even when you get those comic book cards, um, I would get the cards when I was a kid, and the sets would always have a Stan Lee card if it was a Marvel set. Um, mm-hmm. There was a Stan Lee card, so you'd be sitting That's there looking cool. at like. You'd be sitting there looking at like Cyclops and Wolverine and Thor and all these, and then all of a sudden Stan Lee would be in there. <laughs> Stan Lee, like, yeah, got my Stan Lee card. <laughs> so awesome. Stan Lee was like super popular. So he was like the you know the Godfather of comics for me at the time. But then as I grew up, I realized that he used to get on a soapbox um, in the back of his comic books, and um, I think it was literally called Stan's Soapbox. Is that what it was called? I can't remember. But he would talk about like um, you know not being don't be a bully and watch out for mm-hmm. bullies. And he would talk about uh, racial injustice, honestly. Um, yeah. So you'd go open up comic books and you would see stuff where Stanley's like talking about how everyone's equal and like all this stuff. And this is in like the sixties. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so he was just like an amazing person um, on top of being, you know, one of the best c- character creators of all time. Um, yeah. Yeah, of course. And then, uh, you know, you get into, um, uh, later in life, um, you know, he, uh, so he created comics and then he did this. And then, so another thing that I started to realize as I was getting older is like, he didn't do any of this until after he was 40. Yeah. Um, so yeah. everything that we know about Stan Lee is post 40. So that yeah. obviously, you know, influences me from the perspective of like, you can still do a lot. You don't have to be, we're in this culture of like, you know, if you, uh, aren't 20 years or younger then you're not impressive anymore, yeah. you know, um, and so, uh, seeing someone like Stan Lee is like, that's not true. You can still do a ton, um, you know, as you get older. So I really one. like Stan Lee too. And it's funny. I always feel bad because I, I always, always roll my eyes at his cameos in the <laughs> movies. And I was like, oh God, the one latest, the latest one that, that I did that too was, uh, um, <laughs> the kids wanted to watch the Edward Norton Hulk movie. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and he's the, he's the guy that gets the soda with the blood in it. Yeah. And I was like, Oh God, why is he drinking <laughs> soda with the blood? And it's such like a, I should, it's like a pretentious thing. I shouldn't even do it. And Elizabeth always calls me out on it every time. I'm like, man, you think, you think you get a little bit better at acting. <laughs> it just never does. But it's funny. That's how I think of Stanley is the cameo cameo guy in the movies that he wrote. My favorite. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go again just because it dovetails. Uh, I hate that yeah. word, but I keep using it. Um, Dovetail. I'm gonna go again because it kind of rolls right into it. My favorite Stanley cameo um, was oddly enough in one of my least favorite uh, movies from the Marvel franchise, which was uh, Captain Marvel. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I seen that one. Maybe it's, I did. I don't remember it. Jude Law's I mean, in that one, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Um, I mean, all I, I say this to to Brian all the time. Our our, our buddy Brian, I say this all mm. the time. Like all comic book movies to me are kind of like pizza. They're all pretty good. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, it's not like it's a bad movie. I mean, I still really enjoyed it. But um, uh, anyway, his cameo in that he's reading a script um, for Mallrats because <laughs> the movie takes cool. place in '95. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when Mallrats came out. And so Stanley had a cool. cameo in Mallrats and uh, he was reading the script for his cameo that he had in Mallrats. Um, oh, wow. That's so I really, cool. I really liked that um, because one of my other biggest influences is Kevin Smith. Um, yeah, there you go. So uh, Kevin Smith, uh, who wrote, um, you know, Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, 
And then a plethora of other ones after that that um, I didn't get into quite as much. Um, I have you seen every vulgar. Vulgar, yeah, drawing <laughs> flies. Um, yeah, View Askew has produced quite a few movies. Uh, oh, Tusk, man. that's another good one. Uh, oh, Yoga Hosers. Um, <laughs> so uh, I've seen everything he's done. Um, I have read just about everything he's written. Uh, comic books, real, you know, straight up, you know, books, uh, everything. So, um, finally went last year to his comic book store, Jay and Silent Bob secret stash in New Jersey. Um, got to visit that. I watched comic book men on AMC. Uh, so I've, I've really kind of, you know, I've soaked in the Kevin Smith universe. Um, I listened to all of his podcasts, um, <laughs> including his really, outrageous weird one with his daughter called the vegan abattoir. Um, so I do listen <laughs> to that one too. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've just, uh, I've always been like a just enormous Kevin Smith geek. And then, um, you know, when he became, you know, vegan a few years ago, uh, and, and I found out about it, it kind of lined up with, uh, my, my morals and, you know, obviously I'm vegan now and I was vegetarian at the time and he's just always kind of seemed to be like in tick with, uh, my mindset and he's got this sort of, uh, yeah, just don't be a shithead kind of attitude toward people. <laughs> so like anytime something horrible happens in the world with, you know, racial injustice or politics or anything, his general philosophy is like, well, I, I'm on the side that's not stupid, you know, because people yes. be like, what side do you stand on this topic or whatever? And he's like, I'm on the side that's not stupid. I don't know. Like, I'm not even really up to date on it, but I can, you know, give me a point and I'll tell you which, you know, how I believe on it. And I'm on the non-ridiculous <laughs> side, you know, and that's kind of his mentality. And I've always just kind of had that mentality. Mm -hmm. um, just like, I don't know. I'm just, I don't really pick sides. I, whatever makes sense at the time, that's not ridiculous. Um, and uh, he's kind of always had that mentality and um, he's always about art and creativity, staying extremely busy uh, because he wants to, not because he feels like he has to. Um, and uh, he's always, uh, he's always got something going on and um, he's always kind of been, even though he's been in the limelight, he's always still sort of been like an underdog, which I really like and appreciate yeah. he's sort of like the, the punk rocker of creatives, you know? Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't can, know. I can appreciate the, the fact that, I mean, most of his movies are, are pretty, pretty mediocre when it comes to acting. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. like, he's in them and, and like, you know, they're just really, uh, campy, yeah. I guess is a, is a word for it, but super entertaining at the yeah. same time. And what's your favorite one? My favorite Kevin Smith movie? Yeah. Um, I mean, for replay value and for like laughing, um, probably Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Mm. Um, for story and um, for story, it's probably Chasing Amy. Oh, yeah. And for like hit the nail on the head and raise my fists and like, yes, I, oh, thank you for saying that. It's Dogma. Yeah, Dogma's my favorite too. Yeah. I like um, Dogma a lot. I mean, it's excellent. It's they're all those first like the Jersey, the Jersey, um, the Jersey movies, the first like four. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think technically Dogma's in there, but it should be in the Jersey trilogy, which was Clerks, Mallrats, and Chasing Amy, and then Dogma yeah. came like right after it. Those first four are like, you know, they're just so good. Yeah. Um, Mallrats was the first one I ever watched. You know, and I loved it. And uh yeah, it got awesome. just awful reviews oh yeah <laughs> that's the one i think of when i think of how bad acting is but it's yeah. still entertaining because jason lee's bad news 
all of Jason Lee's like, uh, which obviously are Kevin Smith's words, but all of his diatribes uh-huh. and uh, in monologues about comic books and like people. And I just, I love it. I think yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And the little things in that movie, like, um, like the fact that he carries that Dixie cup around for the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh and what is it stink palming people yeah stink and how it comes back yeah. that's man that movie's great even though it's, like i said the acting's pretty pretty mediocre <laughs> it's pretty awesome uh and uh yeah it's a early ben affleck movie um where they're yeah. really making fun of ben affleck <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's man. really good fashionable male yeah um that's, that's funny i even like clerks too i like I that do too one. yeah, yeah. i think that they're all good, good. Um, I think Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is excellent. I think there are a mm. lot of quotable, hilarious, you know, sections from that movie. Yeah. Um, Will Ferrell in that is awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that movie's pretty great too. Yeah, that's a good one. So yeah, I just uh, I love uh, love Kevin Smith. Love what he stands for, and I love the art that he's created. And he's always very. If you listen to his podcasts or listen to him give any kind of talks or anything. He's always super supportive of people like being creative and like get out there and like get your art out there and, you know, just, just make stuff and, and stop mm-hmm. worrying about what people think. Uh, he's yeah. so good about, you know, delivering that message. So I'm on board with that for sure. What's your, uh, I think I just did two and three. What's your three. two um, or three? I kind of have them all over the place. So I'll just kind of pick another one. Um, cause some of mine are very specific, like children's book illustrators. Sure. I can I can talk about when we're done talking about the the ones that everybody will know. Um but you know the one that popped up first for me, which is funny because I hadn't really thought about him in a long time, but uh and, and you may not even know who he is, is uh Gary Larson. Oh yeah, I know who Gary Larson is the yeah. far side. Yeah, for sure. Um I just sorry for making assumptions on your on your that's cartoonist okay. knowledge. Um no, that's but I, I just remember being like five years old and getting a Far Side collection book yeah. from a, a book fair, which I'm not really sure why it was in there <laughs> or how I got it or why I got it. And I mean, I remember opening it up and and just thinking it was the best thing I'd ever seen in yeah. my life, and I wanted to draw every single one of them and i wanted to be a cartoonist which Mm -hmm. i'm not super far off from being i guess um and i don't know man there was something about there was something about his characters and i just kind of like ate it up like i bought every single one of them every time that there was a new one available and um maybe it was like my first uh, I, I still don't really even know how he influences me other than, you know, he like t- t- made, made me draw for the sure. first time probably. Yeah. But, but also like, just like it, it made me realize that funny was a thing, I guess like, like for adults, like I knew like people tried to make kids laugh, yeah. but I knew like, I, I can remember knowing this was for like everyone, not just kids. And that it was funny and people appreciated that. You know, I totally had a far side calendar and um, I was uh-huh. not probably influenced in terms of like my, my, my trajectory in life, but um, 
I definitely loved uh, The Far Side. And um, there's one that I remember in my head. And the only reason I remember it is because you and I actually did something similar to it years and years later. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a comic, uh, a strip, um, a cartoon, whatever you might want to, whatever, you, I don't know, what would you a call panel. it? It's just cartoon? It's a single, single panel comic Just a strip. panel? Yeah. So he, he did a single panel strip. Um, I think it was on a calendar that I had and it was... Um, it was like two people and there was a car crashed into a tree on an island. Um, and it was, uh, and it was a student driver. Um, yeah. so it was like, <laughs> you happened to hit a tree on an island, you know, across the ocean. Not really sure how you did that or whatever. So that was like kind of funny. Um, but you and I did something. We decided to do our own comic strip. Um, this was back in crap. This would have been like 2004. It was the first time I ever touched Photoshop. Yeah, it would have been like 2004 or something like that. You and I uh, decided for some reason, I don't even know what the catalyst was. We both decided to get Photoshop going on our computers and take black and white pictures of stuff and uh, color them in. Um, Yeah, stamp Photoshop, Stamp filter like a a picture that we had and then color it in. And I don't know where we did that, but uh, we went, we did that. And then from there... We decided, you know what? We could like make our own web comics. Um, yeah. Because honestly, at the web, at the time, yeah. the web was not what it is now. So like, not even close. Any idea you had for for the web was like a brilliant idea, you know. So um, yeah. <laughs> we thought we could do our own web comics, and we did one of a dude crashing into a tree, and it always reminded me of that uh, Gary Larson. Yeah, I don't uh, even remember. I wish Larson I had panel. that. Yeah. I, I, I don't even remember what that was. It was something about student driving. I mean, it was totally yeah. ripped off from yeah. Gary Larson, but yeah, yeah, man. I mean, that, you know, I might have that. Probably, I might have that I wonder because if I, I still have my G five tower, and yeah. it still has the original hard drives in it. Um, <laughs> I might because that's that's the computer I had at the time was that G five. Yeah, um, I might still have that stuff. I remember being it. really jealous because I had like a one of those white. Mac, like <laughs> I don't even know what they called them. Did they call them MacBooks back then? But it wasn't. I think, like it, was, a Pro. I think it was called an. I think it was called an iBook. iBook, yeah, the white laptop. Yeah, and it could barely run that Photoshop. I think it was like CS9, yeah, or something. Yeah, man, first time I ever touched Photoshop. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty influential. And and yeah. the first thing I did was make a a rip off Farsight Larson <laughs> single panel cartoon. <laughs> My the one that I remember the most solid. That, Solid, yeah. uh, solid influence. Yeah, I like him. The cartoon that he did that I that when I think of him is the first one that pops up is uh, and it was I don't even know how I got it like like understood it as a child, but it was a dinosaur stacking a collection on a shelf. And it said nerd collection. And it was just like a bunch of figurines of different nerdy kids. <laughs> and it's so like beyond what a five or six year old would understand anyway. But I was like, oh yeah, because nerds collect dinosaur figurines, and like it was hilarious to me. Yeah, and I remember it forever. That's funny. Yeah. So yeah, Gary Larson, cool influence Good one. of Daniel Wiseman. Um, why well, I did two in a row? Why don't you do another one? Um. All right. Here is a musical one, but in a different, but but not 
for music. And it's, I don't know how much you listen to these guys or if you ever have, but it is the Decemberists. Really? You ever listen to them? Yeah, a little bit. Not, not enough. Definitely not enough to have them be an influence. Yeah. So I've been listening to them for, gosh, man, probably, probably since like 2005. So, I mean, not since I was a kid, obviously, because I haven't been around since I was a kid. But there is no time ever, probably, that I've listened to them and not had some kind of idea for huh. a story or an illustration or a. There's something about the way that that and I like he he may, he writes a lot of like story songs and I like story songs, um, but not a lot of people do them catchy. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like there's a lot of, you know, like Bob Dylan did that, but there's not right. a whole lot catchy about Bob Dylan. Right. And, um, you know, I, I like Bob Dylan, but it's not it, the Decemberists. They grab me musically, but also just what he talks about. And it's the weirdest shit. It's like historical fiction in a song. And it's, huh. it, it has these like, visions of i don't even know like there's one about um this this guy who is a kid he has a mom who is a prostitute Hmm. and it's set in like seafaring days of the who knows 1800s or something and um and this guy who's 18 like shacks up with his mom and then like leaves, takes all her money and leaves them destitute and she dies and, and her dying words to her son are get revenge on this guy. And then he happens to, to um be working 18 years later on a, like a ship and the ship gets swallowed by a whale. And the <laughs> only two survivors inside the whale are him and that guy Oh, weird. And he like kills the guy inside the whale. And uh, like, it's just like crazy shit like that. Um, There's also, I don't know. There's something about the Decemberists. And if you, uh, uh, they're not everybody's cup of tea. Um, Sure. uh, His voice is weird. And, and, uh, you know, it's uh, not a lot of people like songs that sound like a Shakespeare play. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) But um, there's a, Every time I listen to them, I I think about something I could write or something huh. I could draw. They have this other song. It's probably my favorite song they do. It's called The Shankill Butchers. And it's based on a... It's not even an old. It's from like the 70s. But this sort of like Irish folk folklore, if you can have folklore from not that long ago, that's about these murderers from oh, wow. Ireland that killed a bunch of people but the parents use it as a way to get their kids to go to sleep by saying if you don't go to sleep these shankill butchers will come kill you oh weird <laughs> and, i think uh, i've he actually a, heard that like yeah there's a few versions something. of it um and he wrote a song about it and i have been trying i mean for 10 years to turn this into some kind of like story hmm. that's not terrifying because i don't want it to be Wow. You know, kids getting murdered in their beds. It's not really, 
it's not really a story that I write per se, yeah. but but I've I've tried to illustrate it on at least five or six different occasions and have not been able to um, successfully. Anyway, wow. But yeah, so the Decemberists, or I mean, more specifically, Colin Malloy is the singer's name, um, and his wife actually happens to be her name's Carson Ellis. Happens to be a uh, Caldecott Award winning illustrator of children's books oh wow um she's she's fantastic in her own right huh Um, that's awesome and he writes books he's he's written like these like middle grade novels and all kinds of stuff he's just a very talented storyteller i like that about him so check him out people if you like music about weird (laughs) old old timey stuff I'll have to I'll have to check him out uh, or, or put a little bit more effort into him as well. I didn't yeah. I honestly didn't realize you had that much uh, they had that much of an influence on you. They're probably um, my like consistently my favorite group. Uh, these episodes are going to be split in two. We've got uh, our creative influences, Daniel and I talking about things that have influenced us over the last uh, you know, over our creative life. Uh, some of those are going to be the same, some are different, but uh, we both have around five or so, and uh, we, we definitely have a lot to talk about. So I think we're going to split this one up and uh, go from there. Thanks, everybody. Peace out. <laughs>